And it's time for a bit of trash talk where this week Marcy Trent Long talks to Ian Brownlee from the Hong Kong Yacht Club Sustainability Committee who tells us how a group of sailors and rowers have been pushing to keep our ocean playground clean and also around Hong Kong as clean as possible. Hey, Trash Talkers. Do you enjoy playing in the ocean like I do? Ocean swimming, SUP, windsurfing, sailing, or rowing? There's so much to do here in Hong Kong in our beautiful archipelago of islands. But as we all know, pollution in the oceans can really impact the fun. So today's guest is here to talk about how a group of sailors and rowers at the Yacht Club, the RHKYC, have been pushing to keep our ocean playground around Hong Kong as clean as possible. Ian Brownlee chairs the Sustainability Working Group for the Yacht Club, and he's here uh, today to talk to us. Welcome to the show, Ian. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, maybe you could, I think we first need you to uh, show your true colors, sailing or rowing. Well, it's it's actually everything. Um, say, I do sail. Um, I row probably more competitively uh, recently, and um, but also I do open water swimming, so um, I do it all. And it's just um, really it's nice. It's beautiful here, right? It is. To be able to get to the sea and to be able to do all the things we can so conveniently is really good. Yeah. And, and we even say, you know, Trash Talk listeners, I don't know if you know, but there's still sailing in the harbor every weekend if you see the sailboats out there. And it's such a treat. Yeah. And um, what's really been a big change in the last two years is that we've now got uh, a new form of coastal rowing boats. And we row in the harbour on a regular basis too. And last year we had the um, the World Coastal Rowing Champs in the harbour. And um, so the, the harbour's getting more and more use as a um, venue for water sports. And, yeah, it's, which is exciting. It just is. All and around and now the uh, Wan Chai Basin just next to the Yacht Club at Calad Island is now becoming available for water sports. And we've had a, a, a dragon boat event in there. And there's, this is the Water Sports Council. And then there's also the um, a dinghy sailing competition on a regular uh, weekly um, event now. So it's all changing. You know? The, the water is becoming used by more people for more different things. Yeah. Which is great because then more people are also caring about the quality of the water, right? Yeah. And the Yacht Club is really, um, the RHKYC is really leading that effort. So that's part of the work of the Sustainability Working Group. And maybe you could just tell us about um, the history a bit of that group. Well, I think the most significant thing is in 2016, um, the Yacht Club um, basically decided that all single-use plastics should not be used anymore in the club. And at that time, it was um, it was quite a, a big decision because they were selling um, plastic drink bottles full of water and other things. And and then suddenly they decided, no, we're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to have single-use plastics at our club. And um, and that that was probably um, the first organization in Hong Kong to take that big step. And then it was actually recognized all around the world uh, by other yacht clubs. And, and as a result of that, other clubs elsewhere took on the same thing. So we're actually... Getting to a situation where it's a bit of a leader in terms of the um, that that sort of protection or prevention of, of plastics being uh, used, and um, we we have to uh, you know just recently we've had to rebrand the club again with that same initiative because we've got new members 
and people coming into the club who don't understand what we're talking about. So, you know, at the last month has been do not bring um, single-use plastics to our club. <laughs> right. So don't come to our club with single-use plastics. Someone's going to growl at you. You know. That's and that's the way it should be. It is for any it, of us people that play in the ocean. Yeah. So um, so that we you know we have the sustainable working group, which is twelve people who um, have an incredibly wide range of knowledge relating to sustainability things from the legal side of it to the practical implementation um, side of it. And there's basically a knowledge within the group, which is probably better than any consultancy group you could ever have in Hong Kong, looking at sustainability issues. So we have at the moment 17 different um, target activities that we're looking at. And, and first of all, we looked at establishing policies uh, which guide the way that the club and the club members operate. And part of that is the um, the recognition that we actually have a responsibility uh, in looking after the ocean that we sail and row and swim in. And, um, and based on that principle, we then established a series of things that relate to protection of, of the water and, and promotion of the ocean as an e ecology. It, it's it's an ecological system that needs to be looked after. Huh. And, and and one of those programs, I think you started a while ago, but you've reached a really high standard. Is this clean regatta? And for the listeners, when you have a rowing competition or a sailing competition, um, we call it a regatta. And making sure that those events are low in plastic and clean and green is tough. Yeah, but it's it's. Not that difficult either, you know. It's, it's something that um, probably uh, one of the things that's been a bit of a driver in the last two years is the uh, climate change impact. And um, a typhoon Mangut um, basically demolished um, most of our, our craft that we've got at Middle Island, which is our main training center. The sailboats. The, the sailboats, the rowing boats, the outrigger canoes. Um, basically... We lost about five fleets of boats, and the total value was about in excess of $9 million. And so um, that had a re really big impact on people realizing that there is something that needs to be done, um, not, not only to protect our, our assets and our boats and, and to enable us to continue to use them and to have events, but also just generally as a need to look after you know the world that we live in. And, and I think from that point of view, there's, there's actually a better understanding of what we have to do. Mm. And people are looking at what can we do. And so the club now is in a situation where um, we have an incredible um, feeling of responsibility and a need to do something amongst the members generally. Yeah. And that they accept that there is some responsibility towards the ocean and that. So one of the things that we've found is that if you can put all this enthusiasm into some sort of structure or, um, or a protocol, and this applies to all sorts of things, um, then people will follow it. They, they get some guidance as to where they could put their energy and their interests. And, and part of that was this um, program that's uh, run by, uh, it's an international program run out of um, the U USA. It's called Sailors for the Sea. And it's a website um, based program where they have a systematic approach to what you should do to make your regatta um, environmentally friendly, environmentally acceptable, and at the same time look after the harbour. 
the water that you're sailing in. Yes, yeah, so they actually give you a checklist or something, right, which makes it easier. But, but, but some of these things are challenging, and there's different levels. There's participant, platinum, and over the years, the Yacht Club has gotten up to a gold standard, which is one below platinum, which is yeah. super difficult to do. It's, um, it's, it's actually really interesting to look at the way you can do the program because there are some things which relate to the venue that you're operating from. And so we've got three venues at Caledon and Middle Island and at Shelter Cove and Side Kung. And, and part of the program has been to actually bring our venues up to a level whereby we can generally get to the gold level. And, and that's by doing things like, like just simple things like having the proper bins there. Um, obviously, the other thing is to eliminate single-use plastics, which, which we've done anyway. So we get lots of ticks for those things, using recyclables and things like that. And, and then we have to have a green team, which is basically – they're not really the police that look after it, but they're the enthusiastics who guide all the other members who are taking part. They're probably not competing in the event, but they're actually part of the management process of the event as you have a green team, and they make sure that they go through a checklist of things that are at the venue and that people are doing uh, to make this qualify for the various um, criteria that we have to meet. And so what happens is we can relatively easily get our, our sites up to that level, and that means that we can constantly tick the right boxes there. Then there are the ones that relate to the actual operation of the, of the competition. And that's where we have a little bit of flexibility and variability, and we have to make sure that we're doing the right things at the right times. For instance, a simple one is to ensure that it's, it's a paperless event. And, and we've, we've oh. <laughs> yeah, a paperless event. And now it's all done um, basically on, on phones, and that people get all the, the briefing documents and everything on the phones. And so there are no. Um, no handouts like we've had for years. And, and this simple thing has reduced, um, you know, the wa waste of paper and so on. So, And it's actually more convenient now. It is more convenient yeah. when that happens, yeah. So, so there are things like this, um, yeah. you know, and then beach cleanup at the end of the day, carry out a beach or, or marina cleanup to make sure that the area where you're in, you've been working and competing in, is actually cleaned up. When you're done. When you're done. That's and brilliant. So, so there's a systematic process. And um, we had, um, you know, we had one or two events a year. But this last year, uh, we've had 19 events uh, that have been registered with, with the Sailors for the Season. We, we've managed to get two up, up to gold. And, um, and the rest are basically all silver. And we now see that Aberdeen Boat Club, one of the other, other um, sailing uh, clubs is now doing the same thing. They've actually had two events as well that oh, have been great. registered. And then this is online. It's all around the world. And you can go online and if you look at the events that have been held in 2020, there's a lot in Australia, the US, New Zealand, the UK. And there's a huge list of uh, yacht club ones that are, are listed there as well. So we're promoting it not only uh, something we're doing here in Hong Kong, but it's actually visible around the world that this is what we can do. One last question would be you, quickly: We have a you have a pick up plastic campaign as well uh, at the yacht club too. Yes, this pick up plastic is um, is taking the plastic one step further. Instead of stopping the use of single use plastic, we're now getting the situation where whenever we go out on the water, you see plastic in the water, 
And as people that are on the water in boats, uh, we have an opportunity to remove that plastic as we see it. And we're building up a program where uh, the pickup plastic one is if you're, for instance, the first starting point is if you're at a pontoon and you see plastic floating in water, don't just say, oh, what a pity. Uh, take some responsibility. We're providing nets so that people can scoop that plastic out of the water, put it in a bin, and then it becomes a different problem. It's a, it's a recyclable problem, but it's gone from the water. And, and plastic in the water is probably the biggest problem. And for any people that are out in boats or in swimming in the water, um, if you see that plastic, there's an opportunity for you to do something to remove it because it'll just degenerate and become nanoplastics and get in the and food chain and everything. Yeah, and into our fish. So, so, so that's that's a, the new initiative which we're going to develop in the in the coming year. Oh, that's And it's great. not only for the club; it's for anyone who any organisation which has boats, and we hope to spread it through the Water Sports Council here to uh, canoe all the canoes, the dragon boats and the other sports that go out onto the water. So it becomes uh, our initiative, but it's for everyone else to do. And just imagine all of the people that go out in boats, whether they even be on motorboats. If you're out on the water in Hong Kong and you see the plastic, pick it up. Pick it up. So it applies to everyone, and our playground is so big that we have to do something to keep it. Uh, nice for us to play it, you know. We don't want to just rely on picking it up on the beaches because a lot of it never gets to a beach. Exactly. Yeah. That's really great. Ian, thank you so much for coming in and telling us about it and for helping the Yacht Club lead these initiatives. And remember, Trash Talkers, the ocean is our playground, so let's keep it clean. If we pollute it, which is our responsibility, we also have to clean it up. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK on the Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. Many thanks once again to Marcy Trent Long talking to Ian Brownlee from the Hong Kong Yacht Club Sustainability Committee uh, telling us about uh, these wonderful group of sailors and rowers here in Hong Kong who have been making an effort in uh, picking up trash and, and making and, and making our ocean as clean as possible. Thank you for your f- wonderful feature and thank you very much to all the hard works uh, of the sailors and the rowers. Right.